0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. I have a special guest in my studio who's going to share with us some very exciting news and descriptions about Meeting one of the greatest needs of the Catholic Church in this hour. How many times have you heard me just in the last, say, 12 to 24 months mentioning the crisis of our youth? going through Catholic school, maybe through a youth ministry, and then hitting the late teens and early 20s and simply walking away from their faith. And we need to do something about that. And what we're really talking about is bringing youth into a strong personal attachment to Christ, and another word for that is simply evangelism. And there's a lot of great things going on in Greenville, South Carolina. You might have heard of some of them. There's podcasts, there's outreaches, there's great Catholic visitors. We have good priests, good parishes. But now I have the first missionary from Greenville, South Carolina, joining a youth evangelistic team, Elise Divine, from right here in Greenville. Elise, welcome to Faith and Family.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Well,
0: this is exciting to me. I don't feel where, but uh, shortly after I had a young adult conversion experience, and I was raised Protestant and turned to Protestantism at that time, but I was a Protestant youth pastor. And basically, everything that I have done since then, including being a Protestant pastor and st- establishing the Family Life Center, has grown out of youth ministry directly out of youth ministry because I saw how important families were for youth. So when I saw that you are going to be a missionary with Net Ministries, I thought, wow, this is exciting. I have to get a lease on. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Now, I'm not supposed to ask this Because you're not supposed to ask a woman how old she is. But I I want our listeners to know, how old are you?
1: Yeah, so I'm 18 years old.
0: 18. Okay. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm the fourth oldest of 11 kids in my family. I was born in Delaware, but I grew up um, in South Carolina. We moved here when I was little. And ever since, like, high school, I really started to, like, dive into my faith more. I started to um, get more involved in my church and in my diocese and different things. And so when I graduated high school, um, I realized I loved so much, like, service things. And so that was kind of what drew me to NET and, like, wanting to do, like, some bigger mission for the Lord.
0: All right. Now, you just mentioned NET, and I know what NET is because it's been several years, but we were going up to the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and we were looking for a place to hold a men's conference, and none of the NET ministries were around because it was in February, and they always had me up there because they say as soon as it turns warm, all the men are out fishing on Minnesota lakes. So they had me up in the middle of winter from Florida, and uh the NET Ministries opened their doors to us. And so I've been very thankful ever since then. But when we talk about NET, what what does it mean?
1: Yeah, so NET um, is an acronym. It stands for National Evangelization Team. And it's basically young adults from around the country, 18 through 28, that give up nine months of their lives, like a whole school year, um, to minister to young people throughout the country. So the type of team that I was on um, traveled across uh, several different states, or region of the country, and we would put on retreats for middle schoolers and high schoolers.
0: Okay. Uh, just paint a picture for me. I mean, like, how did you get there? How did you go around all these states? Do you have a big bus like uh, rock bands have or how how do you get around?
1: Yeah, so every um, every traveling team has a 15-passenger van and trailer. Okay. And so we each have one suitcase and one backpack that we're allowed to bring with us with all of our things and travel with as we go across the different states.
0: And you coordinate with uh, leaders of youth groups and priests who want the net missionaries to come to their parish, right?
1: Yeah. So priests, youth ministers, um, school principals, people will reach out to us from a parish or a school and ask to have a net retreat. And then scheduling takes care of all the things and we just like show up wherever they tell us.
0: Now, um, what goes on? Like when you come in and because as again, I've done youth ministry and I've also done prison ministry. Um, and the two, don't get me wrong <laughs> about you, but the, both are very difficult. Um, y- you have to be on point, so to speak, or you can tell that young people, if they're not being connected with whatever you're saying or doing, it becomes visible. It's not like adults who sit there very politely and snore or something. Mm-hmm. So wh- what's it like when you come in and uh What's, what's it like in a net evangelism evening in a parish somewhere?
1: Yeah. So we definitely do get that sometimes where youth get disinterested, but we have a mix of different things that we do. So sometimes we play games with them. Sometimes we do activities that have like a deeper meaning. We have times of small group, times of prayer. We like to keep it moving for sure. To, it definitely helps keep like the youth engaged, doing different things with them. Um, but yeah.
0: Okay. And... Do you ever have uh, any times like, uh, you know, maybe how long do you stay? Let me ask that. How long are you in a parish like when you visit? Is it like one night or a few nights or a weekend?
1: Yeah, typically our retreats range from uh, four hours to two days, so like uh, overnight retreat. Most of our retreats were typically six to eight hours, but sometimes a parish or a school would have us do like multiple retreats in a row for different grade levels. So sometimes it would just be one day or sometimes we would go to a school and do like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and we'd stay for like a few days.
0: Okay. Now, do you ever have after one of your formal presentations whatever, your your program that you have planned for that night, do you ever have any young people come to you and share some pretty important things kind of on a one-on-one basis?
1: Sometimes we do, typically in small groups, youth share important things about their life or experience they had. Um, at the end of retreat, some youth that are really touched will come up and talk to us or thank us. And then at the end of retreat, we also have optional forms that the youth can fill out if they had an experience or an encounter and they want to share something that they liked or maybe something they didn't like um, that we can work on. And so we do have a lot of those that the youth would fill out after retreat about um, how they liked the retreat, what their experience was.
0: Okay. Now, does NET, again, national evangelization teams, does NET just pack you in a van, give you a map and send you out the door? Or do you get some kind of training before you go out the door?
1: Yeah, so um, all of the missionaries from that come from across the U.S. and some of them come from abroad um, meet in Minnesota for five weeks of training at the beginning of the year. About halfway through training, they'll put us on our teams and give us our region. They train us um, both in like our own personal relationship with God and how to foster that, but then also how to give talks, how to lead small groups, how to do the ministry. And then after that, yeah, they basically just put us in a van, (laughs) give us where we're going the next day, and we head on our way.
0: Well. You know, it's such a difficult thing, what's going on in our culture, and young people are the tip of the spear as far as the culture trying to basically lead them away. And I was thinking of something way back in my experience. I was taking over a youth ministry, and the associate pastor was leading a Sunday school group and they weren't very interested. I mean, you know, he was doing a good job, but it just wasn't the right format, so to speak. And he was uh, teaching on the Epistle to the Hebrews, a verse that says, you know, like, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. But he didn't say that. He asked the question to the group, well, who's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father? And one guy in the back uh, raised his hand. He goes, our mothers. And of course, everybody (laughs) broke out and laughing. But I knew a couple of things. He knew the scriptures well enough to make a joke about it. He probably had good parents who were interceding for him. So I tagged him to be one of the peer leaders for a youth group that I was forming. And he was exceedingly effective, ended up becoming a Protestant minister. Mm -hmm. So when I thought of you going out, I mean... You could have the sincerest person in the world, older person, and there's merit to that. But on the other hand, it was like magic, in a good magic sense, to have a peer in front of young people. So what is that like for you? You've experienced the same type of thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is something we actually heard pretty often. Um From teachers and whoever was there present our retreats some of the things we said they would say like we have told these youth we've told these students these same things before but it's just different coming from you guys and it's coming from us because we're young adults because they see people closer to their age living out the faith and being joyful like having a good time and like doing fun things in their life while still being devout Catholics like it's definitely important for them to be able to see that
0: well now there's people in a lot of different parts of the United States listening to this broadcast, and I know a lot of them are saying right now, okay, how do I sign up? (laughs) Seriously, how do I get your team here to Greenville, or a team?
1: Yeah, so, Typically, you just go on the NET website, um, fill out a couple things of information, and then scheduling would reach out to you. There is um, a lot of parishes that like to have NET retreats, a lot of schools that want to bring us in. So typically, you have to schedule your retreat um, many months in advance in order to get the team there. But yeah, typically, you just go onto the website and reach out to someone.
0: Okay. Just curious, has there ever been a NET team in South Carolina?
1: Uh, recently, not that I know of. Okay. We have so many different youth programs, so many different things here in the Diocese of Charleston that not any parishes have reached out for NET recently. Um, but I think in several years prior before our youth programs developed, um, there were NET teams that came here.
0: How did you select NET as a avenue to kind of focus the energies and the inspiration that the Lord's obviously giving you? Why did you pick NET?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess there's different reasons, but mostly it's because God picked me, I would say. Uh, To do NET, my senior year of high school, I was very strongly discerning the religious life, um, considering that as a vocation once I graduated. And I met three people in a row who told me about NET, and I had never heard about NET before, but three people um, close to each other in terms of time um, that talked about NET, and the third one being a sister of the order I was discerning, I was on a retreat there. And she was telling me about how she had been a net missionary. And so I realized from then that maybe that was the Holy Spirit. Maybe he was guiding me somewhere. And when I went to apply, I only made the age cut off by two days. So I turned 18, <laughs> like three days before I flew off as I turned 18 years old. Um, and yeah, and ever since then, I've been very confident that it was where the Lord wanted me oh, to be. Oh,
0: good for you. Um, you know, I basically went to the net website because I say it's been years since I've been up at your headquarters and such. And when I got there, there was a YouTube with Father Mike Schmitz, which Mm -hmm. everybody's following him and his Bible teaching catechism teaching. And it says Father Mike Smith's greatest regret. And do you know about this? Yes. Why don't you describe it then? You probably do better than I can.
1: um, At one point Father Mike Schmitz was at a net event and he mentioned that His greatest regret was not being a Net missionary. He had, like, had the application on his desk for a long time and never filled it out, never turned it in. Um, And then seeing the work that Net did um, now, but, like, in the years past, that was one of the biggest things that he'd wish he'd done was be a Net missionary because it's just so beautiful and there's so much goodness that can come out of it.
0: Now, I don't recommend people um, do their divine guidance by... Uh, you know, blindly turning to a page Mm -hmm. of scripture and putting their finger, or I have a little scripture calendar, both at home and here at the Family Life Center. And today, it's one of my favorite verses. It's from Luke 19.10. And I actually had a little jingle I would teach my children. It's, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save. Mm -hmm. What was lost? Luke 19.10. And that's a key verse in the Gospel of Luke, and it's also something, I mean, Jesus was on the move, and on the move to seek and to save the lost. He was the good shepherd. He was going out, and it struck me, and I'm speaking to parents right now, because what does a good Catholic parent want to do? They want to give their son or daughter everything they can about the faith. And there's a way to turn that around, 180. And maybe the best thing you can do, the best gift you could give your son or daughter is not to give them something about the faith. And don't get me wrong, give a good education, good catechesis and all that, good morality, but give them the opportunity to give out. And you know, if you look in an old red letter Bible in the book of Acts, when you get into Acts, there's no red letters except it's more blessed to give than to receive those are the words of jesus and it comes back to you it's i can see the joy of the lord in your life did you find the impact in your life of giving and sharing christ with these young people that it blesses you twofold comes back at you
1: oh absolutely absolutely i really i loved it so much even like um, just seeing like the youth have an encounter, maybe in our time of prayer, or just seeing them be impacted, always touched me so much. One thing I like to say when people ask, like if I liked my mission, was. My idea of giving to the Lord would be like I have this cup and I fill it with so much water like all the way to the brim and that's everything that I have and I'm giving it to Jesus. And as soon as I start sliding it over to him, he just like splashes me with an ocean and gives me like so much more. And I really experienced that. Like I gave up all my time, my energy for nine months, but the Lord really blessed me in return and gave me so many things.
0: And that will stick. That will stick. Absolutely. And you'll be able to pass that on to your sons and daughters mm-hmm. someday. Now, I'm sure there's some people wondering, well, what were your parents like? I mean, I would like my daughter or my son mm-hmm. to be a net ministry and have this zeal for Christ. What was, what what were the things that you think your parents did really well to help you along in your faith?
1: Yeah, so... Um... Almost me and all my siblings grew up being Catholic homeschooled, which I think was really important just um, in the culture today to just be surrounded by, like, good people. And that can be sometimes hard for um, middle schoolers, elementary schoolers to find in school these days. Um, So growing up, being taught by my mom at home and just, like, having a community of other Catholic homeschool families was definitely something really important that really formed me Um, but then they also gave me an opportunity to like learn for myself so when I got a little older they allowed me to um, go out with friends they allowed me to get social media and like experiencing those kinds of things um, was good for me but even in that I was able to like realize it wasn't truly fulfilling and I think it was really important that I came to that by myself rather than just like being told it and so now like I've let go of a lot of those things but it was important for me to um, be allowed to have it in a safe way um, and then learn that it wasn't truly fulfilling for me.
0: Now, you just broke the stereotype for people have heard, well, you don't want to homeschool because your children will not become socialized. And here you are. (laughs) (laughs) You're going out to kids, maybe most of them public school by the time, and, and you're evangelizing them. In a a very tough situation, even in settings that adults can't handle or even priests and deacons can't handle because it's the peer ministry. So I get a kick out of that because to me, to be homeschooled, not everybody is called to do that, but it's to be socialized in a proper way within your home environment, but that's not the end of it. That's the beginning, and you here you are. Absolutely. You're on the road in a 15-passenger <laughs> van with a suitcase and a backpack and Jesus in your heart. It's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. That's all you need.
0: I have been, um, and I try to track, again, this is ever since um, I was in youth ministry, trying to track surveys of uh, youth, both general population, Christians, And uh, I track Barna, Gallup, uh, Pew Research. I have all the – and I just just want to keep tabs on what's going on. And one of the things that I've come across recently is the – in studying the whole trans phenomena, um, there's been a massive shift that it was a very minor problem and it was just a a tiny percentage, primarily boys and very, very, very few girls – And now the whole thing is switched and it's just skyrocketing amongst girls. And then I went in even further. It seems like the depression, the thoughts of suicide, and then the COVID lockdowns were so hard on so many young people. And it's like, have you run into any of this type of thing as far as, I mean, a lot of the kids may be smiling in youth group or church with their parents, but they're really hurting inside. Does any of this... Get yeah. exposed during your weekends. Absolutely,
1: and I think um, that's something really important too. Is a lot of youth will hold on to these things, um, but when someone new comes in, like my net team, they've never met us before, and they know that after the day, they're not going to have to see us again. You're safe, and so when we go in, <laughs> we go in just like expressing ourselves and our desire to love them. Um, they quickly get comfortable, and they don't have so much fear because again, they recognize like, okay, like this person is going to be here for one day. Like if I, I'm going to take this opportunity to be honest with them, and so I feel like that did come up a lot. Was just like. Um, Youth really, especially the young ladies I would have in small group, just like expressing lots of different hardships that they would have in their life and things that they were struggling with that, like, they wouldn't open up very much about outside of that.
0: Well, that is interesting because um, what I've read in these surveys and such, a lot of girls, particularly the girls seem to just be really Mm -hmm. the brunt of all the social media stress and all this type of thing – so many of their parents are not even aware of what's going on. So they have to talk to somebody. And your team, it struck me before you, I met you today, it seemed to me that this is a prime opportunity for them to share with somebody. Because if you can even just talk about it, the stress levels can come way down.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the thing like one of our biggest jobs as the missionaries is to go in and love them. Like we want to give them truth. We want to give them tools to build a relationship with God. But first and foremost, we just want to love them. And so that's kind of where the opening up um, starts in like small groups and things like giving them that opportunity to share themselves. And then in the time of prayer, we give Jesus that chance to like speak truth into them and like really heal them in those ways.
0: Now, how is uh, Net Ministries financed?
1: Yeah. So um, all of the missionaries have to raise about um, seven to eight thousand dollars in order to do the, for the nine months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It costs a little over twenty thousand dollars for each individual individual missionary to send out. But net does a lot of fundraising on their own. And then there's a small fee to have a net retreat. Um, so that is covered there. But each missionary individually is asked to raise about seven to eight thousand dollars.
0: And they don't give you a full time fundraiser in order to do that?
1: Um, they, I'm teasing <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> you have to raise your own funds. Yes,
1: they give us like some um, webinars, lessons <laughs> to kind of learn how to do it. But for the most part, um, we're on our own with Jesus, of course. Now,
0: I, I would think there's people listening to this broadcast. H- how is your your year ahead going? You still need some funds for the coming year?
1: Yeah. So far, I've been doing um, pretty well. People have been very generous, which I'm very thankful for. But I'm still looking to raise a few more thousand um, dollars for my upcoming mission year.
0: And how does that work? How Where do they send it?
1: Yeah, so um, the easiest way to do it is just to go on to the NET website, netusa.org, and then forward slash support a missionary. And there's just a whole donation page um, where you can put an amount, and then there's a box with all the different missionaries, and they would just select my name, Elise Divine, um, and then make a donation. And then you can also um, mail a check, but Typically, the easiest way to do it is to just go online. Go online,
0: okay. I'm going to do that a little slower. <laughs> okay, uh, it's net us
1: net usa
0: usa and then forward slash support missionary
1: support a missionary yes. a
0: missionary. Okay, and I assume there's a drop down menu for this type of thing. Yes, and then Elise Divine under the names of the missionaries. Yes. Okay, and anytime, and for any show, including this one. Uh, We have a real easy way to contact us here, just do askthehost at gmail.com, askthehost at gmail.com, and we can help you with any question you have as far as getting in touch with Elise or how to get that full address so that you can grant her uh, support. Well, here's to me the question of the 21st century. In fact, I was at EWTN uh, being interviewed for a book I wrote on dealing with questions resulting from the Protestant Reformation 500 years before, and I was with Father Mitch Pacwa, and one of the ladies during the break, they asked the audience, do you have any questions for Steve? And somebody asked the question, how do we keep our youth from leaving the faith? And I was talking about the Protestant (laughs) Reformation and justification and everything, and I said to Father Mitch, I said, um, I'd like to take that question, you know. And I said under my breath, I don't know if anybody heard it, but I asked folks back home, and I said, that's the question of the 21st century. Mm. How do we keep our youth? And so I'd like to throw that at you. <laughs> um, um, if a young person's listening, speak to them. If a mom and dad who are uh, having a good time, stretch and framing their kids what should they keep doing or maybe things aren't going too well what should they do i'm just going to toss it to you
1: yeah no this is actually um, something i talk about a little bit in one of my talks that i give on retreat and it's really to me about just like creating a culture of love in a lot of ways um A lot of people, a lot of youth that I've met come from broken environments, they come from broken families, they come from um, schools that don't have very high morals, and so they don't really know how to be loved. And so when they don't know how to be loved, they don't know how to give it. And so really just like we come in and we give them that like free love. They offer that we offer that like love from God and like we want to love them in that free way. And when they learn to receive that, they can then learn to give it. And then it kind of like starts a chain reaction of just like being able to like form that culture of love that I think feel like a lot of people are missing because you can't give them the truth if they don't understand like the love behind it, because truth without love is cruelty. And so really, um, it's important to like create that culture of love and really teach these young people how to receive love because there's so few environments that they're in today that want to give them that kind of love, that kind of care freely.
0: Excellent. And what would you say if a mom and dad came up to you and said, well, my son and daughter aren't responding? (laughs) You know, we sent them to Catholic school and they were catechized and everything, but now they're not responding.
1: Yeah, I think um, prayer is definitely a really big thing. I fully agree. um, To St. Augustine, like it's so important to really just like pray and put, surrender their soul to like the hands of the Lord, but also like recognizing that that act of like love that act of like giving to them like comes first before um before like that hard truth because it's right. hard to receive um without gentleness and so a big thing is just like um giving them all of that truth with love and like patience and then surrendering the rest to the lord and asking him to take care of it that is so often like the only solution because he can do all things and so like those big things like we really just have to give to him to take care of. Well,
0: I would suggest one other thing. Do everything you can to get a net team into your parish.
1: (laughs) Also request a net team.
0: (laughs) I'm serious. Now, we've been talking to... Elise Devine, and she is with NET Ministries, and NET Ministries is, again, the—what does that stand for?
1: National Evangelization Teams. And
0: they go to youth groups all around the United States. They're very eager to share the love of Christ. Uh, Check out NET Ministries and uh, contact us if you need help finding a way to support Elise and her missionary efforts to young Catholic people in the year ahead. You've been listening to Faith and Family, and I'm your host, Steve Wood.